Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Yo, 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 what's good? What's happening, Rush Nation? Welcome to episode 81 of Five Yard College. Congratulations, Georgia. Here's to you. The national championship is finally over, George. As you can see, if you are watching this on the stream or on the video later on via YouTube, Ash isn't here. He is once again off battling those Middle Earth demons of the aviation industry. So I've got my second main man, George. He's back again, Rush Nation. George. Thanks for stepping into Ash's boots, which are now, I would say, hard to fill, but the top where you put your foot in is now like a vast gaping hole. So it's just slide on in there, man. Welcome back. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm used to it now. I get you, I get ready each week because you just, <laughs> just calibrates all over now, doesn't he? He's, 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 um, he's becoming more of a, a traveller than he used to be anyway. So I'm always, re- I'm always ready. I like to share it out for other people to have a go, but I'm always <laughs> ready to jump in if Ash needs to wherever he goes i'm not sure where he goes but he's always on a mission yeah well yeah we offered it out to jake obviously being a bama fan but he's working hard in the office that boy works some stupid hours so big up jake i imagine you'll be listening tomorrow couldn't get him on for a bama fan tom didn't want to well no didn't want to come on tom didn't reply to coming on because he's obviously the georgia fan from the lonely hearts club i did want to ask ash today george how close tom got to choosing oklahoma in the Lonely Hearts Club. I can't remember how far Oklahoma got, but that would have been a, a, a complete 360 on becoming a Georgia fan. Obviously, Georgia now have the national championship, 41 years wait. Oklahoma would have been the complete opposite in reaction because 
you know, Riley's gone. Caleb Williams is now in the transfer portal. Every All of their commits are decommitting. People are transferring out. The programme is in complete flip to Georgia right now. So it, it would have been hugely interesting to see how Tom fared as a Oklahoma fan this year as, a, as opposed to a Georgia fan. But luckily for Tom, he found Georgia. And uh, his first year in, in supporting a college team, he's got himself a natty. So, you know, very lucky, Tom. Or, or was it fate? I don't know, Jordan. What do you reckon? Um, well, <laughs> he's, he's definitely, if he can see the future, you know, <laughs> and then, um, we need to ask him for lottery numbers, don't we? Or, we do. But, yeah, it's fair, fair play to, to him. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for Tom and with him obviously having his soccer team that are not so good. So it's nice for him to have a have a victory in some with one of his teams, isn't it? Obviously a New York Jets fan as well. It's not it's not been great for him, has it? <laughs> Here we are. George Common, he's just landing punches left, right and centre. Absolutely zero given, just boosh boosh. <clears throat> he's um yeah. Let we're gonna we obviously we're gonna cover the natty today, George. That's primarily why we're here. We've got a bit of news, we've got some declarations. And uh, some sad news. Well, obviously, if you've seen the Alabama George game, you'll know that Jameson Williams has. Well, he went down with an injury, left the game. It was pretty much obvious it was an ACL. It's been confirmed it's an ACL. We'll talk about this a little bit later and how that's going to possibly influence his decision to declare because he is an undergraduate. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. But that is the, I guess, the sad news that come out of an absolutely fantastic national championship game. We uh, we'll start with some exciting news for not just former USC quarterback Jackson Dart, but for, for perhaps Lincoln Riley and, and an incoming star that he went out and got when at Oklahoma. So, I mean, we, we talked about Jackson Dart. UC, USC freshman quarterback Jackson Dart has reportedly entered the transfer portal. The true freshman played back up to Keaton Slovis this year, but however, still managed 1,353 yards, nine touchdowns, when two touchdowns went in for Caden Slovis. George, does this pave the way for <laughs> Caleb Williams to just enter the portal, slide down to USC and, and re reunite with Lincoln Riley? Because they've only got Miller Moss, who appeared in one game for the Trojans. Obviously, Jackson Dart is a huge, I think he's in for four or five star recruitment down at USC. With him entering the portal and Caleb Williams being available, is this just another piece in that Lincoln Riley puzzle that is firmly coming together down there? You'd think so, wouldn't you? Um, obviously, I know it's not always the case, but when you see movements like this happen, you, you, you can't help but think that that is what it is. They must maybe they've got word of it, or I don't know if they're just guessing. But it's like similar with UCLA, where Dylan Gabriel committed to UCLA. He obviously decommitted, went to Oklahoma, and then obviously um, I think it was a week, a week and a half later, uh, Thompson and Robinson um, said that. Is staying for another year, you say. So it always seems like there's some, there's more to it behind the scenes. Like they know more. And it's it's strange how like it doesn't seem to escape, but you know, like you'd expect it to come out, wouldn't you? In media, you know, it's, it's very, you yeah. know, like they always seem to get hold of it. But you'd still think that that, that is what's going to happen. You'd, yeah. Um, I can't see anything else but it really, because obviously the quarterback they got from um, that deep, that committed to Oklahoma that. Um, it was like decommitted and came back to USC is 2023. And so obviously they've got no quarterbacks coming in apart from Caleb Williams, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it would be naive us uh, of you and I and, and 
college football fans and you know because I consider myself to be you I mean every time we, we chat George we talk about how we've been following the sport for relatively the same amount of sh- a short period of time really and you know we, as much as we sit down and we do a podcast and then we write articles and stuff I, I consider myself still sort of a casual fan of, of college football I wouldn't I'm not a huge in-depth guy I'm still learning and it would be very naive of me and I'm I'm, I'm not talking on your behalf but I am talking on your behalf here for us to think that there isn't other stuff going on that we just don't know about. And it would be the same in the NFL. I mean, we see all this stuff happening with the news. How much do we not see? So you're right with these moves happening and then something happening, you know, a reaction to a a reaction or whatever the scientific uh, for every reaction, there's a equal unreact. No, I'm I'm murdering here. There's some scientist rolling in his grave. I apologize. Um, it would it would seem to me that you're right in the fact that these players are committing decommitting when stuff has already happened because they already know the news. Um, it, but it was interesting if you've seen the Caleb Williams' dad's interview talking about why they chose Oklahoma and why he wanted to, as soon as Stetson, um, not Stetson Bennett, who was the Oklahoma quarterback? Spencer Rattler. As soon as he sort of there was a a trip up Caleb Williams was in there and apparently because Caleb Williams's dad and Caleb Williams the reason they want to play high level football is they don't mind where they play they want to play with somewhere where it's got NFL level coaching to get him ready for the next level because he knows that that's where regardless of NIL and stuff like that that's where the money is and the, I think the difference between the first overall pick and the 15th overall pick is 20 million dollars so that is a significant sum of money. And when you are going into it, like Caleb Williams and, and his dad, who I don't know whether he's his agent or, or what's going on with that relationship, but you can imagine he would be if he's so involved, that if you are that way-driven, sorry, in a fact that you are looking to get to the NFL instantly, but not only instant, not maybe you know, instantly is the wrong word, if you're looking to get as a high draft pick into the NFL because you know the monetary value and you want to go to a team where they have NFL-level quarterback coaching. There's only a handful of teams in college that offer that. So you've got USC, you've got, obviously, Oklahoma, where he was, Ohio State, um, Georgia, Alabama. Am I missing any? Is there any other schools you think they just may be Texas because of, of how long they've been about? But there's not many schools that I can think of past the group I just mentioned who will offer the level of NFL training that Caleb Williams wants. So if that USC job is open, if Lincoln Riley is, well, Lincoln Riley clearly would have him because he signed him at Oklahoma, it, it only makes sense to me that he would go down there to USC, especially if Jackson Dart is, is definitely in the transfer and out. The only thing I would say is, is the NIL deals down there possibly as good as going to an Ohio, Ohio State like we saw with Quinn Ewers or... He, but then even to go there would be madness because of the state of the, the quarterback room and you're not going to go to Bama because of just how good Bryce Young is and how he played this year. So I talked a lot there, Jordan. I appreciate it. it. It just it feels to me that USC, after hearing his father talk, is exactly where he's going to be and it fits perfectly with the puzzle they're making. Yeah, I think you're, you're right in everything that you said there. It's also like, like obviously you've got certain players like that and obviously like the fact if his father's in his ear he's saying like like I say it's a big difference in money you know how high you go but also like the people who are recruiting him you know like Lincoln Riley is, is like 
you saw the Nick Saban interview yesterday, you know, like with, with um, I don't know if you've seen it with Bryce Young and um, Will Anderson, where where they go to stand up and he sits them back down, and he's saying that they don't let this game de- define these two players, you know, and that connection's made before they, they, they know when they're just about to come on campus on the phone and stuff, and so they've got this connection with them before they even sometimes play a game, and you, that's why you see a lot of people see it with um, Oregon, you know, like. Um, Obviously. Oh, Jordan, it took 10 minutes, 35 seconds, but there it is. Pac-12, keep talking. <laughs> um, obviously, the, in my instinct, obviously a Husky fan. The Husky um, Husky wide receiver coaches have gone to Oregon, and obviously a lot of them committed, people who have committed have like, left because obviously they have that connection. It's like you have to make up a new connection with a coach that's in there and if you, if you don't get that vibe also. But basically, I, I've done the same as you. I've carried on, but... But it seems like um, Caleb Williams had a big connection with um, Lincoln Riley as well, by the sounds of it. And he was one of the, I know a coach is always going to be a big reason why you go, but it seemed like they were a really close connection with him to there. So, obviously, a, another reason why he would probably favour and join him at USC. And obviously, like you said, it's still a big school. Obviously, they've been a sleeping giant for, for a while now, but they've, they've still got the name. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it comes. We've seen who Lincoln Riley has produced for the NFL in recent years with Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, yeah, Jalen Hurts, and uh, Kyler Murray. And obviously, if Caleb Williams and Williams's family are wanting to get to the NFL as a high draft pick, then it, it we know what Lincoln Riley can do for quarterbacks. Caleb Williams, as you say, has obviously got a very good relationship with Lincoln Riley, and it's probably based on the fact that he's produced product for the NFL another piece to the puzzle of him going to USC. It just, it makes too much sense. And I don't know whether we're thinking perhaps, does it make too much sense in the fact that this is just smoke and mirrors and, but uh, I, I don't know. It, it's just, it's something I found interesting with how he viewed his position in college football, because we see it more now how, and, and we I heard about it recently in a podcast where players, you know, they're, they don't love football specifically as much as perhaps they did back in the day when money wasn't as big a thing. Whereas now they know that if they're good at it and they grind it out for a few years, they can be set for life with a few millions. And if they're savvy with their money and make investments and stuff, it will sort them out. And we all know that college football leads the NFL and the NFL lasts for not for, stands for not for long. And that's very true. So if you can get there and make your money, you don't have to love the sport anymore because the money is so big. So I think it's a, it's a very business decision drive-driven decision for Caleb Williams this. It isn't, as much as I think his partnership with Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma is driving him towards another partnership at USC, at USC, I think it's a very business-driven. And with NIL now, are we going to perhaps see more of this type of decision where it's more business-based and financial-based as opposed to, you know, I'm a, for instance, I'm a Texas kid, I'm going to go to Texas. That might not necessarily happen as much coming up because of money here leads to money there and stuff like that. It's, I think it's I think it's all going to be very exciting and different in the upcoming years as to where we see with transferring and stuff like that. No, I think I think you're right. Like I think obviously there's there's people who grumble about it, like obviously jumping into the transfer portal, and obviously I think we could add, like. I'm not going to get into it now because obviously we could be here for phrase, but I think there is better ways to to. to do it as in the transfer portal as well. You know, obviously people jumping jumping ship to like being able to play straight away. You know, like obviously following like going to another thing where there's more there's, there's opportunities for 
for sponsorship and things. But I think I, I, I'd be lying if I said that I wouldn't do the same. You know, obviously, like you said, it's you know you, you're one injury, one game, one injury away from your career being over in football. If you can get as much money as you can, that sets your family up the best you can in the future. You're gonna you're gonna do everything you can, aren't you? Obviously, people, you know. I know I would obviously. I've got kids and stuff. I'd love to be able to set them up for the future. And if you can make, if people are going willing to pay you ridiculous money sometimes for sponsorships, these people are not going to say no, are you? No, it, it it especially in we're well off track, Jordan, and I don't mind that at all. But in today's world where financial situation and stability especially not post-pandemic because we're not out of it yet, but what the pandemic has done financially for people, it has made money even more of an important factor. And I'm not one of the people who thinks money is the be-all and end-all, but it certainly has made me realise just how important it is to be financially stable. And like you say, if you've got a family, if these kids can go out and earn X amount from NIL, but go to a school where they know they are going to be playing under a tutelage that will help provide them with a higher draft pick if they have this skill and ability to do so, therefore making more money out of their initial rookie contract is all setting them up for the future. So it, like you say, it, you're bang on with your point about setting yourself up and I, I would do it. You know, I, it, I, I wouldn't have, I don't think I know anybody personally who would stand back and say, look, I'm not going to do it because People love to say, you know, oh, it's only 20 grand or whatever, whatever the amount of money might be. But it's, how rich do you think you'd have to be to give up on 20,000 pounds or you know, half a million pounds or whatever it might be? There isn't 20,000 pounds is a life changing amount of money for most people. And you can't just say, well, I'll, I'll give that to charity or I'm not going to take that contract because I'm a Texas lad or, you know, it, I, I just think it's a it's a very sensitive and specific thing financial talkings and stuff and perhaps we we shouldn't get into it because we might step on some toes or i might offend some people with my takes or whatever but it it is a a very interesting thing i think it's going to come even more so like you say with how we get forward with contracts and stuff but we we uh we completely you know skimmed over the jackson dart entering the transfer portal where do we think he goes because obviously he's a high He's a very high-rated player in his own right. Yeah, when he when he came in, he, he, you saw that he's, um there's something about him. Obviously, like you said earlier, he's a four-star recruit. I think, I think, I think I remember. I think he's from Utah. So um, I, I looked back to see, oh, because a lot of them sometimes head towards home. Sometimes, but he's from Utah. So, and I think Utah are okay. Cam yeah. rising. So yeah, to be honest with you, I wouldn't be able to to have a guess. Like maybe, maybe Georgia. I don't, I don't know. Um, J, I think JT Daniels is a junior, isn't he? So I think he's got another year, and so obviously he might stay there and, and stuff. Is is that it? For, I hope that's my. I'm so focused on Pac-12. I just forget, there's so much going on. I forget. Is Stetson Bennett done now, or is he? No, I think I think he's got one more year. I could well be. Year. Yeah, I could be wrong on that, but I think Stetson Bennett has one more year. So, well, if if that's the case, and even that, but if JT Daniels stays. So, it's going to be hard to, to see him going over there. But, yeah, well, there'll be a place for him. So, he won't be surprised if he ends up coming back, you know, like, and um, like you say, 
yeah, he's only a, he's only a freshman, you know. He's still got yeah. years on 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 the thing, and of but I suppose it, so 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 was um, Kyle Williams. So he could be stuck around him a couple of years. Yeah, exactly that. Tough one. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't like to take a guess where because it could really be quite a few places at the moment. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. It would be a complete pluck out of the sky. Just like you say, like, it could be a Georgia or, or it could be a Tennessee or it could, you know, all these places are just absolute darts at a dartboard right now. Let's let's move on to another quarterback. Nebraska have signed former Texas quarterback Casey Thompson from the transfer portal. Thompson looks to step in as the starter who replacing Adrian Martinez who recently transferred to Kansas State. So a big move for Nebraska and and, and Casey Thompson, George. Well obviously obviously Quinn you we on about earlier quarterbacks moving around Quinn Hughes has come in uh, and it's so obviously Casey Thompson obviously don't fancy his chances, <laughs> should I say, against him? And we've never seen we've never seen him throw a ball in college, Quinn Ewers. So obviously, and obviously, he's very well touted. His like his high school tapes, very good of what I've seen. Obviously, this is where we need Ash to come in and tell us how good he he actually is. Everything says that he's good, but we still don't know. But obviously, Casey Thompson has thought I've probably got a better chance of um, playing somewhere else and. Gone over to Nebraska, obviously, like say, Adrian Martinez has left there, so he should go into a starting role unless there's someone behind Nebraska. Obviously, I'm not a big don't follow Nebraska, sorry, to any Cornhuskers out there, so I don't know if they've got anyone behind that can challenge him. But the way it looks, it looks like he's going into a starting job, yeah, absolutely. I think I've listened to a podcast by a scout, a pair of scouting guys, and one of them absolutely slated Quinn Ewers uh, and some of his some of his technical stuff so watch this space I mean I could be well wrong and I've not really dug into his high school tape enough but yeah this guy did not get on well not get on but he did not enjoy the tape of Quinn Ewers so that could be huge Auburn have their Bo Nix replacement former Texas A&M quarterback Zach Calzada has announced his commitment to the Tigers as we saw, Calzada started 12 games for the Aggies in 2021. He threw for 2,185 yards, 17 touchdowns, 9 interceptions after replacing Haynes King in week one. Wasn't the best season from Zach Calzada, so I don't know whether he is an upgrade on Bo Nix or not. My initial thing says no. Yeah, I, I saw him a couple of times, obviously, the early states. I saw him against Colorado. He played and he looked... He looked like a bit like a rabbit in the headlights a lot of the time. But I did see that, that he got better at the back end of the year. He, did, he, he had did. a decent game against Alabama, you know. Um, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I you never. Sometimes going to a new team, it can bring out more in you. You know, your second, obviously, second year of like getting more games behind you, you can, you can be. Obviously, there can be. You can improve, but as it stands now, and I'm same as you. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't, if I was a Texas A&M fan, I wouldn't be excited. Put it that way. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, we're in this. We're Auburn. we're in the same boat on that. We're we're in the same boat on that. And then finally, George, the last point. Obviously, we saw Travis Hunter go to Jackson State, Jacksonville State, uh, a little while ago, a couple of weeks ago now. Um, the number one overall pick for twenty twenty two class. Deion Sanders has, has pretty much gone and done it again. He signed four-star wide receiver Kevin Coleman. So he's the second top 60 recruit 
to commit to Jacksonville State for the 2022 class. If Travis Hunter, he's he's projected to play cornerback primarily at, at Jacksonville State, but obviously we've seen him play wide receiver in high school. If if they have Kevin Coleman and Justin Hunter playing wide receiver at Jacksonville State, that is an offense to watch out for. They also have gone against what we said with the money and the NIL for Caleb Williams to go to USC by both going to play for the coach, Deion Sanders, at Jacksonville State. Now, I'm unaware of the name, image and likeness deals that Deion Sanders has helped them get down in Jacksonville. And I imagine it's fairly helpful to their cause and they've done all right out of it. But surely Deion Sanders is the main draw there as opposed to the money, right? Um, 100%, I'd say so, yeah. Yeah. I just just think about, I think if... um, one of my favourite players. If I were a top prospect, obviously I'm definitely not. But if I was a top prospect <laughs> um, in, in, going in going into college, and I saw one of my heroes, because I'm going to say that every, if if you were, you must know everyone must know Deion Sanders. Even if you weren't alive to watch him, you must have seen highlights of him over the time. Well, George, George, you say obviously we might have some listeners who don't know who Deion Sanders is. Who was he? True. Is a very good player from the NFL back in before even I was born, I believe. <laughs> right. And what position did he play? He played wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> You've fallen apart. We've absolutely fallen apart. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're quite right. The fact that they've got the first and the second or the fourth wide receiver in this class to go to Jacksonville State is a coup in itself. Or the, to get Justin Hunter, regardless of where he's going to play. Um, it is Justin Hunter, right? I'm going to have to go with you there because um, I can't remember. <laughs> I remember his video, putting okay. the hat on. Yeah. Can you look that up quickly for me? Because I'm fairly sure it is Justin Hunter, but... I want to be 100% sure. The fact that he's got both of them to go there is very much, I think it is not only a name, image and likeness and a monetary deal, but it's also using your prowess similar to a Nick Saban, similar to perhaps a Dabo Sweeney, that kind of draw as a coach. But he's doing it based on his playing talent and his, what he thinks he can do for these prospects, as opposed to come play for the best coach of all time at Alabama, come play at Clemson at Death Valley. You know what you're getting. Deion Sanders and Jacksonville State are drawing players in based on Deion, Jackson, uh, Deion Sanders. sorry, And that is a wrinkle that is very surprising to me, given the monetary way we talked a little while ago. But if Deion Sanders can do this at Jacksonville State, Imagine what he can do at a school with draw power as well. It'd be unbelievable. Yeah. It is Travis Hunter, you was right. It's fine. Travis Hunter. I said Justin Hunter loads of times. I'm so sorry, everybody. Yeah. It was pretty close. It was pretty close. Um, yeah, George, any more thoughts on, on Jacksonville State and Deion Sanders getting Kevin Coleman? Yeah, like, like you mentioned, obviously, I don't know if Deion Sanders had a word with the fathers, so we'll probably know him a bit better. But, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's great for them. It's great for a, a school, you know, a 
a college like that, you know, to to get talent like that. Because I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought any, anything like that would have happened. Like, like I said, we're, we're very short watching college football, but every time I see top recruits, they always go to the best schools. And even like, if it's not the best schools, it's your home school, you know, your home college, you know, from from where you are. You know, obviously, there's quite a lot of. Uh, for my team, the Huskies obviously have come from Washington, the four or five stars where they probably would have, could have gone somewhere else. They chose to stay at home. But obviously great. And I, I don't know if this will probably be good for Jackson State as well because obviously they might get some more games on on, on prime time TV now rather than obviously I don't... Obviously they're in a... I, I might be wrong here. You might have to back me up. I, I believe that they're a FCS team. Are they right? I'm well out. Absolutely no clue. <laughs> I think they're an FCS team. Um, so obviously great great for them. But I'm probably yeah. wrong. So I'll probably correct me in the yeah, chat. I, I think yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, let's go with you're right. They're definitely an FCS school, George. You've got it right. You've got it right. Uh, what I would say is whoever the Jacksonville State quarterback is might well be a sleeper for next year's five yard showdown, George, because he's got some weapons to throw to now. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> Right, let's talk about some draft declarations. Obviously, LSU cornerback Derek Stingley has come out and said he's going to skip his senior year. He's going to enter the 2022 draft. The top 10 prospect only appeared three times this year in 2021 due to a foot injury and was highly expected to declare. This is now official. Absolutely no surprise here at all, George. No, you did think he was going to declare. I know, like, obviously... 2020 with COVID, you know, he didn't have as many games, obviously, with the injury this year. He didn't play many games. And the games he did play, he didn't look... The, he had the form of 2019 when he really, it was unbelievable. But I think there's still enough there for him to, to go high, you know, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's still the first cornerback coming off the board in the draft. Yeah, I mean, the, from what I've briefly had a look at, this cornerback class is pretty deep and very skilled. So perhaps the injury knocks him a little bit, but from everything we've seen on tape so far, he is lights out. So I think it would just be the injury that perhaps knocks his, his draft stock a little bit. Michigan safety Daxton Hill has declared for the draft, skipping his senior year. Hill's draft stock has risen after a solid 2021 with the Wolverines and is in conversation with Penn State's Jaquan Brisker as the number two safety in the class. Daxton Hill was absolutely lights out for the Wolverines this year, George. Yeah, what, what I've saw, saw of him, like I didn't, I didn't see much. Of him. I saw him in the the game, even though they lost against Georgia, and um, he, he's a good safety. And like you said about the cornerback class being deep, the safety class is pretty pretty decent this year. Obviously, you've got standout Hamilton, but behind him, there's quite a few safeties that are um, like obviously we've. Pretty, Obviously, you're going to mention Penn State's Brisker in a second. Brisker and uh, Daxon Hill are fighting for number two. So um, it's okay, George. You can mention Utah here if you want. <laughs> but um, I, I won't. I'll leave it. But obviously, <laughs> uh, but uh, you got Jordan Battle, aren't you? And obviously, we'll mention the championship game. But Lewis Stein, the Georgia safety, you know, he, he had an unbelievable game as well. And I think, I think he, I, I don't know if he said his, if he's. Entered the draft. Obviously, he just finished a game of other day, so he probably will come out soon and say that if he's if he's entering. Yeah, uh, let's 
let's talk about our final declaration before we get to the national championship. It's DB Central this week for the draft as Clemson cornerback Andrew Booth will forego his final college year for the and enter the 2022 draft. Booth is being touted as one of the top five cornerbacks in this class and a definite first-round prospect. So we've already mentioned two of them, Derek Stingley and now Andrew Booth. Uh, Clemson losing a key piece of their defence. However, they are Clemson, so I imagine next year they'll just replace that with another absolute beast at corner. Uh, I've not, I haven't really heard much about Andrew Booth this year, so I don't know how he got on, George. As as we mentioned, this DB class is, is really deep. Uh, and from what I've seen of mock drafts, the whole defensive side of the, uh, of the draft is very deep. With and, and not necessarily deep, but a lot better than the offensive side. So we could see 12 to, I don't know, maybe even 14 picks on the defensive side before we see somebody come in for an offensive player, unless somebody values one of these quarterbacks super high and, and needs to come and get one. It, it's going to be a... This year compared to last year, for me, is already very unsure as to how the draft is going to go with the teams at the top being the same teams and getting their quarterbacks last year. So it's going to be... There's a few teams that need a quarterback, but are they going to take them that high? Are they going to trade back? Will we see, you know, who's going to trade up for a defensive player or an offensive lineman? It's, it's going to be, I don't think it's as locked in for me, the top five picks as the last couple of years because of the unquarterback neediness of this draft. That's a terribly way to put in it, but you get me, right? Yeah, um, obviously I'm... I'm just typing up my first mock draft for for the uh, for the site. Oh. I'm, I won't do any spoilers. Um, just the first eighteen picks, but it's it's like you like you said. It's not. I'm looking at them. I'm thinking, well, this team probably could do with a quarterback. But are they going to like any of these quarterbacks? Because like you say, it's yeah. um, it's not the best. I'm not saying that these quarterbacks aren't going to go on to be good players. But as you look at it, are they, they going to be thinking, well, if we add to defense now, if we're about this position next? Next season, we might be able to trade up and do something for you've got people like Bryce Young and thing coming out, aren't you? So, looking yeah. a bit much better class. So, it is a tough one. Like I said, I've got most of my top players are defensive players, but do teams see it that way and think, well, if everyone's picking defense, we've got the best shot of picking the best wide receiver right now, and or we've got the choice of quarterback. So, it's going to be, it's definitely going to be an interesting, interesting draft for sure. And obviously, we've still got free agency and all if there's going to be any trades, but yeah. What, so what we're going to do, Jordan is last year we did a video first round video mock draft. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're going to be doing that again. We're going to do more of them this year. So we're going to have a draft board on the screen. You'll be able to follow along rush nation. It's going to be an absolute hoot. We're going to do several of those, if not two or th- uh, three or four. We've also got mock drafts coming out. Jordan has already started writing his player reviews. There is a reason, Jordan, why I haven't put them out yet. I just haven't told you. So I will I will tell you, but they're going to be coming out very soon regardless. Um, it is draft season. The Natty's out the way. You said no spoilers, Jordan. What have you got Denver doing at wherever they're drafting? Where are they drafting from now? Eight, Number nine. Nine, okay. And obviously this is very early. Like I say, like I say people love mock drafts but they also love criticizing your picks and obviously there's been no free agents there there's a lot of teams without head coaches obviously when you when your new head coach comes in he might see it totally different but i have got you getting a quarterback 
Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, carry on. And um, and he, even though he, he, he had an injury, I take him out. I, I didn't get oh. that, George. George, your internet went. You, your suspense is even greater now. What did you say? <laughs> um, Matt Corral, yeah. I don't hate that. Of the class, I don't hate that. It's the very early one, like I said, if I, if I <laughs> George, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to defend yourself. It's fine. We've all got bad. takes. Yeah. If, if if it were another team, I wouldn't be defending myself. But I feel like I have to because I've got to. I don't know who you want in as a head coach, but say you get a defensive person and you might end up getting someone to might get a Kobe Dean, to, you know, alongside Bradley Chubb. You know, so I don't know. Yeah, I think think there's a massive, like it it hugely depends on free agent. We're we're talking about the NFL now and we've got way off off, off topic fascination. Sorry. It it, it hugely depends on what Denver do quarterback wise and whether they go after somebody in free agency, whether they make a trade for Aaron Rodgers. Although the more I'm hearing, that doesn't seem to be a thing now. They were, they were willing to part with, you know, two or three first round picks, Bradley Chubb and Tim Patrick, and, and that's that's a lot to give up. It, I think, depending on whether the edge rushes slide a little bit, we might go up and get one of the edge rushes because we've got to replace Von Miller. Obviously, we have got Bradley Chubb. Um, if there's, I mean, if Kyle Hamilton's there, we absolutely slam that at eight. But I, I can't see him making it that far because he's he's unbelievable. Um, Interesting, George. I'm looking forward to reading that and giving you my personal review when I get it in my inbox. Don't you worry, it's coming. Okay, let's talk some Natty. First of all, in your few years of watching it, is this the best one you've seen? Yes, because you saw two halves of just like what, like I, I'm one of, the, I know a lot of people like high scoring games they like the offense but i'm in the middle obviously i like the offense i really like defense good defense is great to watch and we saw obviously the defense was still okay in the second half but we saw good defense in the first half on both sides it was it was fun to watch you know getting at the quarterback getting after him you know linebackers and everything and then in the second half we started seeing points on the board and it was always apart till the end it was always even though georgia were the better team in the fourth quarter and they pulled away a bit Alabama still had the ball, and obviously they were eight points behind, and, and you still fought. They, even without Jameson Williams, they could still do this. Bryce Young could still get him in a position, and they could tie this up, you know. It's not beyond possibility, and so it was always there. And that's the only thing I worried about before the game. I thought, I really don't, I hope Alabama don't run away with this, you know, like they did in the SEC Championship game. Yep. And and we got, I think we got what we all wanted. We want a competitive game, you know, like... Georgia, there were no argument the win of it, but it was still a competitive game between two sides. And obviously, it might have been different if Jameson Williams didn't go down. It probably will have been, you know, it, you know, a big, big threat downfield, you know, and obviously experience. But I, I said it in the chat to Ash. I said I still think I know, and I know I get what Ash is saying about these freshmen. You know, they've never been in big games like this before. But I thought Bryce Young. Even though he got sacked and he got hurried, I still think he had a fantastic game and he, and he had three or four throws that were just on the money, but the receivers just couldn't bring him in in, the, in 
big moments in the second half where they could have put themselves in the red zone in and in Georgia half and who knows what would have happened. But if Smuts and Monkey Nuts Georgia are the champions out there, so it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, it, it, yeah, you can you can sit here and talk about how Jameson Williams only had four catches for sixty five yards in the first quarter, was on pace for sixteen catches and two hundred and ten yards or whatever and probably a touchdown or two. But that never happened. So the, we, there's no point in saying well, that, that could have happened. If you have been living under a rock and for some reason this is the only way you get your college football knowledge uh, and information, we thank you very much. And if you would head over to YouTube and hit the like and subscribe button, you won't ever miss a video or mine or George's lovely faces. Georgia did beat Alabama 33-18. It was definitely, as you say, George, a game of two halves. What made it even better was the fact that both of these teams are chock full of NFL talent. And that made it when you watch defense in college, if you get a team like Georgia take on, let's just say, a Jacksonville State, because we've talked about them, it's an absolute whitewash. You're talking about 45 nothing. The defense is playing against almost under 16s. These are grown ass men, really, essentially, you know, and it's not the same thing. Whereas this is the best two teams in college football going at it on an NFL level, on an NFL stage. And defense was was the name of the game, and we don't often see that in the modern era of football, whether it be college or whether it be the NFL. Defense used to win championships; now it is all about offense. And it's very interesting that this is the first time since 2018, I think, where Alabama averaged around four point something yards a play, four point two, four point three yards a play. That never happens. Obviously, that's three years now. They haven't done; they've done not done that in three years. That is, shows you just how good the Georgia defense is. And this, the whole rhetoric of this game was Bryce Young carved open Georgia in, in the SEC championship game. How were Georgia going to react? You know, they didn't, they didn't sack Bryce Young in that first game. And everyone's saying, yeah, they got three sacks in this game and there was a lot more pressure and hurries. And yes, there was, but they only sacked him once before the fourth quarter. So it wasn't really that much of a different game plan. What Georgia did really well this time is they changed how they played on defense, how they showed on defense. You know, what I've heard Georgia do is that they show whenever they blitz, they drop somebody back into coverage. It's always a numerical number that stays around and floats around the pitch. Whereas this time they didn't do that as much. And when they showed five blitz, they bought five or dropped people into coverage when perhaps they shouldn't have been. And that may have confused Bryce Young. Yes, it confused him. But as you say, he had a really good game up until the fourth quarter. And the score is flattering for Georgia. This isn't me saying Georgia didn't deserve it because they were the best team in college football this year. 33-18 is a little bit harsh when the fourth quarter, there was a pick six and a late touchdown. You know, the Georgia were the better team. Bryce Young was hurried and Georgia did enough. But this is all about Kirby Smart winning it the old school way of football with defense and running the football. And today it was enough. Whereas in the SEC championship game, it wasn't. And it, it just shows you that any given Saturday in this case is, is a very different thing. And when you've got two talented head coaches like Nick Saban and Kirby Smart, the rematch is always going to be a different result. You know, it, yes, it's difficult or isn't it not difficult to beat a team twice? Take what you will of that. Good coaches will find a way to change their game plan. And Georgia did just enough. Yeah, um, like you said, obviously... You look at the score, you look at the box score, and you think, oh, a couple of scores, it must have been, maybe not, I'm not saying it would, people would think, oh, yeah, it's definitely easy, but you think, oh, two scores between a team, it must have 
easily deserved it. And they did deserve it, but like you said, the pick six, obviously, at the end when they were coming forward. But Stetson Bennett, like, I know, let's get it out of the way, fantastic for him winning it, you know, like you saw how emotional he was at the end, you know. It, it, I, I like I like stories like that. I, I, it makes me love the game even more when I see things like that. But for the first three quarters, he, he was... It looked like he was going to lose it, didn't he? You know, like he, he, the, the occasion looked like it got the better of him. He, um, he was, he looked panicky. You know, obviously you saw with the um, when he tried to throw the ball away, in there, which was a a, we, a weird, weird set of play. You know, when he looked, yeah. I remember it was who um, who caught the ball um, for for Alabama and it, it, it nonchalantly just caught it, thinking, "Oh, it's the play's dead." But luckily, had his foot foot in, in play and got it. But yeah, he, he was like a rabbit in the headlights for the first three quarters. And then obviously you saw the interview after the game where I think they asked him, I can't remember the, the exact question and they said, and he, and he replied, I want going to be the reason why, why we lost this game. And he had a fantastic fourth quarter, obviously got the free play to, to, to hit the, uh, to get the touchdown in the corner, but it, it was much better in the fourth quarter. And, um, that kind of swung it into the favour of uh, Georgia and um, Alabama just didn't couldn't get the ball downfield went to try and tie it up but but yeah I, I really enjoyed it I, I, I wanted to stay up for it but um, I knew I had a busy day at work on the Tuesday so I had to stay off social media all Tuesday which was a very hard very very hard and um, yeah. I watched it on Tuesday evening and fully enjoyed it just a just a fun game everything about it there was nothing I don't think that really I don't know if you can think of anything but I can't think of any decisions where it will spoiled the game either I thought it was just a great great game of football yeah it was you're right I don't think there was anything that was that well that ref has got that wrong or whatever it was a great game of football it was too halved like you say and I think we saw it in the first game Alabama yes they've got a great running back in in Ryan Robinson Jr. But he's not elite. And whilst he worked hard in this game, he never got anything out of it. You know, 22 carries for 68 yards. It's only three a carry. And that's because you're going up against the Georgia front seven who are NFL. You know, every single one of those guys could walk into an NFL team right now. So what Georgia did in hurrying Bryce Young and perhaps flushing him into areas he wasn't necessarily as comfortable with is how they won the game because Alabama didn't win the game on the ground. You know, they outgained Georgia uh, through the air. You know, they had 369 yards compared to Georgia's 224 through the air. It, it was the ground game that we expected Georgia to, to have with Zamir Wright and, and James Cook, who I only recently found out is Dalvin Cook's younger brother. Did not know that. So that's got to be some pedigree, pedigree right there for, for James Cook. Uh, Zamir Wright is obviously could declare i think he goes back and has one more year at georgia given the the, the class of this year's running backs with with uh, isaiah spiller and, and bryce hall and stuff like that i think i think he goes back but we've seen zeus have a great game for georgia and when you've got a game plan that is working when the georgia defense is doing what they're doing and doing it well enough to keep bryce young not necessarily out because he's still got them into scoring territory but it was just the perfect game plan for Georgia. And it could well have been different had had a couple of catches been made by Hall and, and perhaps Jukori Brooks or, or whoever else was out there, Slade Bolden. But these guys, they are young and they're still learning. So it, it it's a big loss, Jameson Williams and uh, John Mechie obviously not playing as well. 
but you'd whilst they are freshmen you'd expect a little bit more from these guys who are who are Alabama bound uh players because you you imagine your Jerry Judy or your Henry Ruggs when they were at Alabama they they would have come in and made plays had they been a freshman in this situation so it's yeah I don't know I it was a great game of football um I want to watch the whole thing. I've only seen the extended highlights. I want to sit down and watch the whole thing. I haven't had time yet. But I'm, I can't think of one in the last four years that I think is a better overall game of football, Jordan, than this one was. No, I think, um, obviously, the games before, obviously, started off tight, but a team's always ended up, well, running away with it. But, like, being comfortable, you know, like winners yeah. were up until the end, you know, like you say, um, the pick six made it look look even one side is not the best term, but it looked it looked easier than it actually was. And um, like you say, just I, I, like like I mentioned, I know Ash has said that like um, the, the wide receivers are, are, are freshmen, but I just you still ex- I think a couple of catches they weren't. I didn't think they were that hard of catches, but maybe the occasion yeah. was. Which I was disappointed in Jaleel Billingsley. I know, like uh, he's like a, a five-star tight end, and I know he hadn't had the best of seasons either. But he, I think they were that pick one they where he just didn't get off the block, and he just kind of like gave up on it. You know, like yeah. instead of like try to get off the block and try to either like make at least if you're not going to make think you're going to get the catch, at least try and make a play on the guy to maybe not get the interception. But he just kind of stopped and. Obviously, he's into the transfer portal now. I don't know. <laughs> don't know how much of that is um, him thinking. I didn't want to get out of here. It's not being great, or you know, Salah not being happy with him. Or saving yeah. Him. I, and you know, we 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 talk about the defensive defensive side of the ball. Keely Ringo's interception made his day because he hadn't been great up until then. And then we've got the Alabama guys, obviously, that we are talking about for the draft. You've, I mean, we, Will Anderson Jr. is an absolute monster. That guy could play pretty much anywhere you want him to play in the NFL. And then, you know, Christian Harris had a great game. DeMarco Hellams, there was some there was some good defensive individual performances amongst the team performances, George. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> the, the, obviously, the, we know what, how good George are on defence. Like, and they had, obviously, the front three, you know, Jordan Davis and... Um, Trevon Walker, Devontae White. Like I say, I could just keep going for the Kobe exactly. D. Exactly, exactly. They're all great, but what really impressed me, and I'll, I'll, like I say, I, I try, I, I always watch the Pac-12, and I try and catch as much as the other stuff I can. Obviously, the SEC is normally on early time for, for us in the UK, so I do catch a bit of Bama games. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm nowhere near an expert on the SEC, but. Dallas Turner, I haven't heard much about him, but he was unbelievable, and he'll be a guy that I'll be watching out next. He's only a freshman, but it, it just obviously I know you've got Will Anderson, you've got Will Anderson and Dallas Turner there next year. This was like I know, and Jake's a big Alabama fan, and I've seen him mention it on Twitter, and he is right. This was meant to be Alabama's down year, and it's like look at the talent that's coming back next year from you know, it's yeah, they'll they'll be they'll be okay, obviously. But it's good yeah. to see someone else win it. I know Jake won't like me saying that as well, but it's, it is nice as an outsider to see someone else win it as well. But they'll, they'll be fine next year, Alabama. They'll probably win it. Well, I think they're currently odds-on to win it next year at Caesars Palace Bookmakers. Um, what is hugely interesting is you can currently get Ohio State at 10-1, to 1, which mm-hmm. I think is decent money for next year. <laughs> I, think that, I think that's really good odds for... 
a team that will be better than Georgia next year purely based on talent returning alone. Uh, yes, Ohio State are losing two of their key wideouts, but we've seen them with a couple more up their sleeve who are also fairly good. Anything else from this game, George, that you want to take away before I ask you who's going to win it next year? Um, I think I think we've covered most. Like I say, I, 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 I mentioned it, but I mentioned it again. I, I'm really happy for Stetson Bennett because obviously you see how much it meant to him. Obviously, the story came out of um, Kurt Warner at Christmas, didn't it, in a film? But you could easily make this Stetson Bennett one a film if you, if, you know, if you could, because obviously the, he's gone through a lot and through his career, you know, like being knocked, and it just shows you, you know, like obviously you see caught. Mentioning quarterbacks jumping out from the team because they see someone who, who's a better prospect coming in, thinking, "Oh well, I'm not going to get in." But this guy's just stuck around, stuck around, and um, and he's and he, he's finally got his chance. And he's um, and, and again, he's not the greatest quarterback. He's not going to go on to the next level of the NFL and you know like be a Bryce Young at the next level. But what a, what a win for him, and he'll have that with him for the rest the rest of his life, regardless of what he does for the rest of his life whether it be an office job or whether he be some form of football player's coach he's going to have a national championship trophy where on his desk or on his cabinet or whatever and that is all that matters you know you you play in college to win a natty and I don't know what it works out as college football players it's like 0.3% go to the NFL or something like that so yeah Stetson Bennett walked on and won a national championship with Jordan the story is there for Disney to go and get and make a series or a film out of because it is definitely there, George. It's been an emotional roller coaster as the co-host of Five Yard College for this first season of college football for me, hosting the podcast. I think as a squad, George, we've done fairly well through the season. The articles have been on point. The podcast has done well. Ash and I have somehow managed to get on considering he's some sort of Middle Earth battling dwarf killer. No, that came out wrong, you know, from the middle, you know, whatever. You understand, you're here. Do we think Bama win it next year, George? Um, I'd, I'd say so, but I like, I didn't realise Ohio State were 10-1. That is a nice little bet because, like I said, I look at the, the, the freshmen and the players that are coming back next year, you know, for, for Alabama, you know, even people in their second year. You know, but and obviously we don't know the juniors that might stay on. Like obviously a lot of like some of them will probably will go to well, definitely some of them will go to the to the NFL. But some of them might fancy if they um, fancy winning another one and think they're in a better position next year. Yep. So I would say that they're the rightful favourites, and I'd expect them to win as it stands. But all it takes is a few. Obviously, I don't wish that on anyone, but we know that players get injured, and all it takes is a few injuries. And Ohio State at ten to one, I'd be. I'd be, I'd be, if I was a betting man, I'd be, um, which I am. I don't know if, um, I don't know if that'll shrink down because that's, I think, look, think about it now. I, I don't see why, uh, where Ohio State 10 to 1 and they were second, they were second favourites with, with Georgia. Jordan. Georgia are yeah, 4 to 1. That's surprising to me. I'm, like you said, I'm, I think Ohio State at the moment are looking a better team than Georgia going into next year. We know with the talent Georgia are losing. I'm sure they have people coming in, but, Ohio State looked prime for a good year, you know. They were also kind of on a down, you know, like you said, they're losing two of the wide receivers, but they showed in the Rose Bowl that I think they're okay in that department. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, 
there is a curse of five-yard college. Any team that we talk about in a positive light, as we saw with everyone, Bar Cincinnati gets put to the sword. So, Ash, Jack, Jordan, I are very sorry. Our love for the odds of Ohio State winning the Natty next year have murdered your chances. So, you heard it here first. They're not winning it. And any money you put on will be a waste. Let's get that price higher so me and George can lump on. Rush Nation, that concludes the 2022-1-2021 season for college football. But it's draft season, baby. We're all about it. We're going to be diving into some players. We're going to be doing some mock drafts. Ash has got a whole load of stuff locked and loaded, ready to go. Although he isn't here currently. He's out somewhere in the Shire. That joke will get better as it goes on. George, if anyone's listening for the first time, where can they find you? Where can they find your stuff? Obviously, um, if, if you're watching, it's on the screen there, George M87. But if you're not, it's George M87. But all my <laughs> stuff is on the fantastic site that is Five Yard Rush slash Five Yard College. We're all, we're all one but we are five-yard college as well. So you can find all my stuff on there. And like like you said, there's going to be a lot coming. A lot yeah. of Pac-12 as well. Well, he, he thinks, Rush Nation, there's going to be a lot of Pac-12. At the moment, it's currently down to me as to how much goes out. So we'll see, George. We'll see. No, listen, brother, it's always an absolute pleasure to have you on. We'll be back, no doubt. There's more Pac-12 to come. It's the off-season. And there, unfortunately, are some Pac-12 players entering the draft. So we're going to need your knowledge on those going forward. Rush Nation, if you are new to the podcast, welcome. Thank you for staying with us. If you have just joined at this point in the college season, we thank you massively because it is a huge commitment now going into draft season. If you are not following us on Twitter, follow us at 5 Yard College. If you are keen to watch another video to see Jord, Ash, me, one of the others, hit the like, hit the subscribe button on YouTube. You'll get a notification when we go live. It's going to be Monday nights going forward because apparently that is when Middle Earth is a little less stressful for Ash. So it will be Mondays at 8 going forward. Rush Nation, it's been an absolutely fantastic college football season. I started these celebrations by winning the showdown. Georgia finished it for Tom by winning the Natty. Leaves me one final thing to say for this week. That's almost said this year. So this is just the beginning of the years. God, the year's gone way too quick already. Rush Nation, Saturdays are for rushing too. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PREP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis, people who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PREP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.